Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of fears. Today I have Natalie Jones on the show and Natalie is a mindset and health coach specializing in helping people with skin conditions um, and especially when it comes to restoring their self-worth, um, enabling them to feel amazed and, and be inspired to create their own dream life. And her unique approach combines the latest in medical and health science along with helpful mindset strategies. Um, Natalie also shares her experience with vitiligo and how she was able to turn situations of feeling shame, anxiety and helplessness into a powerful life lesson. Um, and she is going to 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 start her soon-to-be-released YouTube channel, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to. Um, Natalie's mission is to turn what once was a negative experience into a positive one, reminding people of their self-worth. So I'm really looking forward to having this chat with her today. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. I'm so happy to have you on this series. Hi, Annie. So good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no, it's it's such a pleasure. And I know that we're going to be speaking about something which is very different to everyone else in the series. And I just want you to, first of all, talk about your personal experience, especially with vitiligo. Tell, tell the audience a bit about what this condition is and uh, your experience with it and how it sort of propelled you to get into the space of coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks for, for having me here today. So um, basically... For me, vitiligo appeared later on in life and it started off just as a few spots and it didn't really bother me at all. Um, but then about 10 years ago, I sort of um, hit a point where it was starting to spread a lot more dramatically and it was really impacting my self-esteem and confidence. And particularly as a woman, I was really starting to feel shame about my body and feeling like I need to cover up and hide and it was really going into a downward spiral until I, I kind of hit rock bottom and then one day found that I was feeling totally depressed about it and then I started talking to myself because I was always a really positive person by nature and it, it didn't feel like I was being myself and I also didn't want to spend the rest of my life like that so I started to um, really think deeply about what I could do here. And while I hadn't had any help, uh, I'd seen lots of doctors and, and there wasn't anything they could really do to help my skin condition. I decided that I would hit the research and try to work out what was going on because I really felt intuitively that my body was telling me something, that, that something was out of balance and, and that it needed something, but I, but I didn't know what it was. So that's when I hit the research and studied everything from nutrition and health and wellness and mindset and science and, and, um, and piece by piece started to restore my physical well-being and alongside meeting uh, an amazing dermatologist, Dr. Shauruta, um, and starting her treatment, the, the combination was very powerful and my skin started to heal. And that um, uh, inspired me after going through that experience and realizing actually at the end of it, that it wasn't really about my skin, that it wasn't, you know, we, we don't need our skin or our bodies or anything to be perfect to feel self-worth and to feel good in ourselves. But that whole, I had to go through that whole journey to realize it. And, and now um, I want to share that with others and, and help others to, to feel good as well. And, um, and so that's why I started doing all my coaching qualifications and, and uh, 
and now sharing that and hoping to help other people with skin conditions and vitiligo. So, so with vitiligo then, it, it's a condition which affects the skin. Is there any primary, is there a primary reason for it occurring or is it? Oh yes. So vitiligo is, um, it's, it's a skin condition where there's, there's no pain. There's, it's not contagious as some people are worried about. It's literally just losing the color pigment in our skin and it's it's a bit like the reverse of you know when we go in the sun our melanin makes our skin darker it's almost like the reverse of that and the 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 difficulty with vitiligo is it's not an easy condition to treat it's not there's no magic pill or cure for it and as i discovered um, a long-term treatment of vitiligo requires a holistic approach Uh, it's not just sort of putting cream on your skin and, that, and that's enough. Um, I think there's, there's treatments that uh, do work, but I think for long, the long-term benefit, are definitely the um, nutrition and other aspects of lifestyle help a lot. Um, but the, most, the, the thing that with vitiligo and a lot of skin conditions is that it impacts us mostly from a mental well-being point of view. And, and that's because we lose... Um, when we have skin conditions, it's so visible mm. that we start to lose our confidence and start to feel shame about our bodies. And that's, to me, that I think is the biggest impact of, of skin conditions and what I wanted to try and help with. Yeah, I know for sure. And, and you said, like you mentioned anxiety and shame and, and you know, those yes. emotions, which I think, um, so I think I was thinking about this and I was, I was, I was thinking, you know, where do these emotions really stem from and I was just wondering if it's something that if we were in isolation whether we would really experience those emotions or whether it's from like constantly looking around and comparing um yeah, yeah what are your thoughts on that and and how do how do we tackle emotions like anxiety and and like where we're questioning our self-worth um where do we where do we find that like peace with that yeah, it's a great question. And I think you don't even have to have a skin condition to feel anxiety and shame and, and be impacted by that. So I think it's it's something that is we could all benefit from having more discussion on this. So in terms of um, you know where it um, you know where it stems from, I, I agree with you. Comparison is a big factor and um, and I think that it's very interesting to, to take a look back, you know, look at how we are in our society. And in our society, even from an early age, we are compared to other people. And, you know, we're compared at school. And then uh, then we're older, we're compared to other people. Are you pretty enough? Or are you smart enough? Or are you successful enough? And it's not just for women as well, men and women, we're all constantly being compared. And then you add social media onto that and we're comparing ourselves to, to other people we see. And of course, everyone's putting on their, their best show reel, but we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're not putting, you know, we're usually putting our, our best pictures and, you know, filtered pictures or whatever it is. And, and, and so we're comparing our worst bits to someone else's best bits. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we always come off second best. And, and so comparison is absolutely the thief of happiness. Mm. And it's, it's definitely um, a big thing that 
you know, we can all benefit from being aware of. You, you can't ever take it away because, um, again, it's, it's, it's part of the way um, humans are. We, we, we do compare ourselves. But I think having that awareness that if it doesn't feel good, then stopping and thinking, okay, maybe, um, you know, if I'm following a certain accounts or looking in magazines, you know, there was one point when I actually um, stopped a subscription of a magazine because as much as I was enjoying the content, I also realized it was making me feel bad because I kept looking at these beautiful celebrities and thinking I didn't look good enough and I couldn't wear those clothes because of my skin. And so I just realized it wasn't a healthy thing for me. Um, I'm in a different place now, so I can look at those things and not and and not realize it's a, it you know they, I can enjoy that and also appreciate um, other people's uh, how they look and, and their lives without it reflecting on me. But ten years ago, I was in a different place. Um, but the, the the point is that um, there's always going to be um, products being sold to us and lifestyles being sold to us. Um, from companies who are marketing their products. So, so it's, it's up to us to really check in with ourselves. And if something doesn't feel good, then maybe that's not a good thing to be comparing ourselves to. Um, and in terms of how do we deal with anxiety and shame, again, this is something I've, I've spent a lot of time studying and researching, not just to help myself, but to help other people I'm, I'm coaching, uh, working with in coaching. And a really a good exercise is going back to our thoughts and being really honest about what internal dialogue we have going on, because usually what is the precursor to the anxiety and the shame that we're feeling that the pattern goes like this, that we have a thought and it might be, you know, perhaps we've, we've seen something and we think, Oh, I, I'm not good enough or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not, successful enough and then that the thought then triggers a feeling which is that you don't feel good that you feel anxious or sad or ashamed or whatever there's some sort of negative feeling that can come from that and then that feeling then triggers the emotions and then the behavior so anxiety doesn't just come out of nowhere it's usually it's it's the seed is a thought and that thought is usually along the lines of I'm not good enough I'm not worthy enough I'm not something enough yeah. and and so once we're honest with ourselves about what is our personal because everyone's got their own personal dialogue and pattern and we realize that this this is a pattern and and actually um, there's studies to say that 90% of our thoughts were the same as what we had yesterday. So it's, it's about breaking that pattern. Mm. And, and when we become aware of what, the, what are the negative thoughts we have, it's, it's impossible to really go from like, I, if you look, I, there's a point when I used to look in the mirror and be so ashamed and disgusted with my body. It was impossible for me that day to go from that to, I love my body. So what I find is useful is to treat it like a ladder and to just go up in stages. So maybe I can't go from, you know, I feel absolute shame about my body to I love it, but maybe we can go from, uh, you know, I, I don't like my body to, um, I respect my body. Yeah. Um, my, my body is strong and then we work up and, and then over time we're working up the ladder until we actually do start to really feel respect 
and love for our bodies when we realize just how amazing our bodies are. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I would suggest is, is literally just getting really honest about what is your own personal dialogue if it's not helping and, um, and then trying to be a bit kinder to ourselves. Yeah, I know for sure. And, and do you feel like in, in terms of, in terms of society and acceptance and how like we're really viewed in, in the public eye, um, especially from suffering from a condition like vitiligo, do you feel yes. like, do you feel more people are compassionate towards each other today? Or do you think there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this area? Because whether it's, you know, differences in, in race or, you know, culture and creed and, but then there's also these kind of things like actually people suffering from skin conditions and which is not their fault. I mean, nothing is their fault actually, <laughs> but, yeah. um, it's just, uh, I, I think there can be certain social situations where one feels like that they don't fit in. And um, I think it's a responsibility actually for others to, to make them feel like they, they do fit in. Um, would you agree with that? And how do you think we, we can be more loving towards each other in, in regards to the... Yeah, I think it's a, another wonderful question. Uh, you know, it would be amazing if we were in a society where um, we all were open to and and sort of accepting and loving each other's differences. Um, however, one thing I've learned over this, and I've I've given this one a lot of thought as well, is that um, we it's it's difficult to change other the way other people think or um, what they what they're saying and you know particularly again vitiligo has taught me a lot and I'm actually really grateful for for the experience because sometimes it's hard and this only happened to me a couple of weeks ago um, but I I had a, a woman um, who like literally was I, it was hot so it was a hot day and I just had a singlet top on and so my arms were exposed and I still have um, you know my skin is healing but I still have uh, quite a lot of vitiligo as you know the the uh, pigment lost on my arms and and she was pointing at it and really quite aggressively asking me what it was like what's that like really aggressively and it it really it took me aback but I fortunately I've done enough work that I I knew not to take it personally and that was she'd never seen it before so she didn't know what it was so I explained it to her and everything mm. um and then afterwards I, I was feeling a bit sad that um you know that you know that that people with say skin conditions or any body differences should be in that position that, that I was yeah. just put in. And, you know, fortunately I have the tools to deal with it, but a lot of, you know, a, a lot of people would, would have taken that really harshly and would have been affected by that. And I, I, it sort of gave me more excitement to, to keep doing the work I'm doing. Um, however, what I realize is we can't change what other people think or feel overnight. The only thing we can do is is really be a role model ourselves and and be aware and consciously choose how we show up so you know while i could have turned around and and got angry at her for <laughs> for what she was saying and how she was making me feel i just thought you know what i can't change her how she thinks and feels overnight but i mm -hmm. can show her that what i have is not anything to be ashamed of um, and that it's something that I can't help. And, and actually, you know, we would all benefit from having some compassion for anyone who has any, any body difference. And, you know, 
and and I think she you know left um you know we both felt a bit better from that situation it could have been (laughs) could have been uncomfortable and and I've realized time and time again that how I show up is um the best way I can impact other people and slowly spread spread that message and which is you know why I'm doing um the work I'm doing and and I think that's that's all we can do really is is you know show up as the best version of ourselves um have compassion for others and understanding for others and treat other people that the way we want to be treated and and let's just hope that spreads yeah no absolutely and 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 I suppose this ties in very nicely with with this whole topic of self-love which I think has become quite a major topic of late which everyone's talking about um I find it so interesting that you mentioned even sort of talking to yourself and self-talk because I just did a podcast with somebody else who's on going to be on the series and um she's also in the coaching space and she also mentioned how much we actually don't um give focus to this idea of self-talk but how it's so integral to helping us shift from a, a, a negative emotion to a positive emotion um, yes. and how it's something we should be doing more of. So I find that very interesting, but self-love must be something. So I feel like it's something we're not taught in school. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if we really understand what it means, you know, and, yes. and, and, and even if we understand what the concept is and what it means, how do we actually apply it in our everyday lives? Is it just through these affirmations or is there other ways that we can, learn to love who we are as we are yep yep i i think it's definitely something um we can learn like a muscle and it's absolutely um something that is worth investing in and practicing on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and I i do think there are um things we can do that definitely help build that self love muscle and and something i i do practice not sort of in a formal way, but I, without realizing I am practicing it every day um, because life keeps throwing things, things, I I find it, you know, it throws out things that give you challenges that might make you, your confidence wobble. And then it's at those times that I think it gives you a good chance to, you know, practice um, little exercises like what I'm about to share so that you can, you know, build up those self-love muscles and get more resilient and, and also, you know, feel good at the same time. Um, so one of the, the things I practice really often, and I find it the best go-to tool, whenever we, you know, whenever that self-doubt kicks in and it kicks in for all of us and it could be, you know, in our career or relationships or just, you know, just in day-to-day life where sometimes, um, you know, we, we might find ourselves being hard on ourselves and, um, you know, our, we, we may not be feeling the self-love and the best thing we can do is to have um, some compassion for ourselves, self-compassion. And that does not come, we're not taught this. <laughs> we're not taught it. Um, we're very rarely taught it. Mm-hmm. And we are, it's not something we talk about either. However, we actually do it very naturally and we're actually very good at it. 
when it comes to a friend or you know mm. a family member so without even thinking about it if if a, our best friend called us up and was you know being harsh on herself and criticizing herself for what she did wrong you know oh i did this i was so stupid and blah 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 we would very quickly pick her up and say no you're not stupid no it's just a mistake like we all we're human we all make mistakes mm. it's like, it's going to be okay don't worry everything we can figure out anything and we'll work together and we'll figure this out that's what we'd say to our best friend and yet when it comes to ourselves mm. we usually just so hard on ourselves and we don't say things like that naturally. So yeah. this is my favorite tool is basically getting into the habit of speaking to ourselves the way we would a best friend when life throws us a challenge and maybe we've messed up or we've made a bad decision or we, we've, for whatever reason, we're being hard on ourselves. And, and that's something I had to train myself to do. And I'm, and I'm trying to share this one because that to me is a, an a really powerful way of building up our self-love muscle and um and also our self-belief and and i think that's a great one and then the other the other one i like to remind myself and and others and i share it with others is that happiness is an inside job and this again i used to always believe that i had to be more beautiful i had to be smarter i had to be more success successful um, mm. and, you know, better at relationships, this and that, um, to be happy. And that when I have perfect skin, when I have made this much money, when I, blah, 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 I am going to be happy then. But of course it doesn't work like that. And mm. you know, we've seen many people achieve all these things and they're still not happy because there's always, there's always someone who's better looking or has more money or is more successful. And if we, as you mentioned earlier, if we get in that comparison trap, we'll never, ever reach it um and then what i realized along this journey is that actually happiness is an attitude and it's it's about realizing that you know at every point in time there's always something to be thankful for even right now even without my perfect skin i have so much to be grateful for and um, my body is um you know, it could do, I could do anything with it. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And so, yeah, it's, I think there's always, we could be happy in any moment if yeah. we choose to. Um, and, and I think when you feel like, when you realize that happiness is within our own control and not something that we have to earn or that it comes from luck, um, when we realize it's actually within our control, I think that really helps to build our self-love as well because we start to have some respect for ourselves that actually we can create um, the happiness we want. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's so true. And, and, and with relationships specifically, because I think self-love is one thing. And then another thing I'm, I'm talking a lot about to people is like forming healthy attachments because I think our self-worth becomes so um, dictated by sometimes the relationships we have, because if we are in maybe a toxic relationship without understanding that we're in one, um, another person's habits can sort of be, I suppose, uh, um, imposed onto you. Um, yes. or, or the way they treat you then becomes that framework that then you go on to have other relationships um, 
similar, like you notice similar patterns happening. So how do we, how do we break that and just make sure that our, that our worth is not dictated and have better, healthier attachments, I guess is what I'm getting into. Yeah, that, that is a really key one. And this one, again, um, I have um, studied all the research on this one because it's so easy when we are um, in a place of, of having low self-worth to then attract unhealthy relationships, which is, is not good. And it sort of keeps us in that place of, of not feeling good as well. Mm -hmm. And I think one, one thing I, I remember um, reading a study once and this, um, this doctor had written that there's, there's, when it comes to kindness, love and respect, this is something that every single human being on earth deserves and, and has a right to have. And while that might sound like, you know, sort of a very general sweeping statement, it, it really is true. Like we all deserve to be treated with kindness, love and respect. Mm. And while some people are, are born into situations where they may not have that from childhood and therefore, sadly, patterns can be repeated in adulthood of, of not realizing that they, they are, you know, deserving of being treated like that. If we can, um, if we could be made aware of this one fact that we're all worthy of this, it, it really starts off with, um, as I said earlier, we can't control what other people say and do, but we can control how we speak to and how we treat ourselves. So if we want to attract healthy relationships, healthy, loving, kind relationships, mm -hmm. it's really important to start with ourselves. And yeah. because again, if, if we start to talk to ourselves a little kinder each day, start to treat ourselves a little bit kinder, treat our bodies with respect and, and, you know, nourish our bodies and, you know, really get to a point where we feel good in ourselves, regardless of what's going on around us and who we're with. Mm -hmm. If we can get to that place, then we're more likely to attract healthier relationships because we're, we're going to have sort of a base level of, of acceptance of what, what will allow to happen. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're not going, if, if we feel that we're deserving of respect and to be treated with kindness, then we're less likely to, to tolerate someone speaking to us in a, in a horrible tone and, you know, mistreating us and, and perhaps having the courage to walk away from situations that aren't healthy when we may have not um, been able to do that if, if we didn't think we deserved better. So I, I do think it's really important to, to do these practice and start with ourselves and, and, you know, be, be kinder to ourselves, um, really build up that relationship uh, within us so that we um, can then uh, attract and also be able to um, hold space in, in a healthy relationship, the kind of loving, kind relationship we, we want and deserve. Yeah, no, de de definitely. I think you touched upon something really great. Um, so what is one thing that you do personally, um, religiously, if you like, every day, into something for your, for your mental peace of mind um, and well-being? Is there, is there any one thing that you do personally? 
Yeah, there's there's a few things. Okay. <laughs> but if I have to be tied, if I have to be tied to one, I mean, okay. if if the one big one, I would say, and this was a revelation for me, and it might sound really basic, but mm-hmm. it was a revelation is sleep and i know that sounds boring but it's all that there's all this science coming out about it now there's been books written by various you know well-known people because it's it is a revelation we were we were told that it was all about being productive and in my career i used to basically get four or five hours sleep for nearly a decade which oh, was wow. really unhealthy i know it was so unhealthy and um it, it was uh, an industry where everyone was doing the same and it was completely the norm. And I don't know how I managed to keep going, but I did. Um, but of course, later on, it, it had implications on my health. And, but what I now realize is that all the science backs this up, that um, as basic as getting sort of seven to nine hours sleep has an impact on how our brain functions. I mean, we, we know it, right? Because you, you feel like your brain is operating a lot clearer. Your mind is clearer the next day if you've had a good night's sleep. Definitely. And so we know it affects the brain. It also affects um, our gut health because when we haven't had enough sleep, we're more likely to make um, different choices that are not as good for our health. So for example, we, um, the science uh, studies show that we are more likely to create more sugar when we haven't had as much sleep as, you know, as, as ideal amount of sleep because, um, and, and which also impacts, it impacts our cortisol levels. It, yeah. it, it more, we're more likely to gain weight, uh, around our middle, um, if we haven't had enough sleep. Um, but, but most importantly, and this is the key reason why it's my biggest factor for mental health is we actually feel completely different don't we and and i i feel so um it's it's i have less energy and i don't feel as good if i haven't had a good night's sleep yeah. i'm probably a little bit more reactive and 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 i can't show up as my best self so as boring as it sounds that that is one um really big thing i do um i i prioritize is the sleep these days um i didn't when i was younger but i do definitely now and on top of that I'd say um my nutrition i think nutrition is also a big factor when it comes to mental health and there's a lot of studies coming out now linking our um, gut health and and the microbiome our sort of friendly bacteria population um in our gut with um the brain and and the mental health so yeah, so I'd, I'd say they're the big two, but definitely if you had, could only choose one, I'd uh, get an early night's sleep. Yeah, no, that that's great. I think that's a different answer, like a unique answer um, for, for me, for the people that I'm talking to. But I think it's <laughs> because it's one of those things that we kind of take for granted, but actually yeah, yeah. don't do enough of. And I can completely relate. Like I'm just... Um, definitely not functioning as my best self when I don't get enough <laughs> so that's yeah. for sure um well it was such it was such a wonderful time like chatting with you and I'm so glad that you could have you could be on this show um it's been such a pleasure there's one last question thank which you is just something yes. that I'm asking all my guests um because it is so based around self-love but one thing that you love about yourself ah oh, thank you um well, I'd have to say um, one thing I love and I'm really grateful for is my 
positive nature and it's something I've always had even as a child and you know the only time I lost it was in those sort of dark years when my skin was getting me down uh, but fortunately it's back and um, and that feels really good and, and I'm grateful to have that yeah so, yeah that, that's that's what I'd say it's been um, so wonderful sharing this and I love your podcast and all your great interviews so thanks so much for having me today Oh no, it's such a pleasure, Natalie. And um, I'll let you know when this goes live and I can't wait to share this with everyone. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. That was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Fierce next week where I'm talking to another amazing woman and I can't wait for you guys to hear the whole series, so do stay tuned. For everything Unplug related, do follow the IG and Facebook page at the rate Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website www.unplugwithannie.com and subscribe to the newsletter so you're constantly updated with what's going on on the blog as well as the podcast. Until next week.